Association. All right, praise God. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. It's our scripture who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Who has saved us and called us. Hallelujah. The words we use, and we're, like, we're going to continue on the words, about on words. And tonight we're going to be talking about words have motives. Words have motives. The words we use and how we use them and when we use them will always define our motives. Words have motives. You know when you share, when you say certain words, there's a motive behind your words. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. When you use certain words towards your children, there is a motive behind those words you use when it comes to raising your children, speaking to your children, directing your children, giving them directions. Like, clean your room. Well, what is the motive behind you saying clean your room? Go clean your room. Not an hour from now, not tomorrow, not next week. Go clean your room right now. Do your homework. Stop cheating. Say thank you. Please. Thank you. That's right. See, there's motive. Words have motives. The words we use, how we use them, and when we use them will always define our motives. In other words, what motive is, is behind each one of our words? Why? Because words are powerful. The very words that come out of our mouth, remember, once you say them, you can't take them back. Words, as Bishop said, are containers. Words are containers. They're powerful. So that's why you have to choose your words wisely because there's motives behind your words. That's why when we made the decree just a minute ago, we have a motive behind what we're decreeing. Why? We, we're decreeing that those 500 families are coming from the north of power and influence, of royalty and prestige, brilliance and inventiveness, Kingdom wealth. Our words have motive, has a motive, and that motive is no matter what, they're coming. Why? Because what we decree shall be established. And words will not return void. God's word will not return to him. It will be established. And everything we quote here and everything that we quote here at Abundant Living Ministry has a motive behind it. What is that motive? To see people saved. Did you hear that? Saved, not save. No, saved, healed, restored, and transformed. We want a finished product. We expect when we preach the gospel, you're going to get saved. In other words, you're not going to go through the process. In other words, you, you know, you, you, you know, yes, we know there's layers. Every one of us have different layers, but there's only one thing that I know that can get to the core quicker than anything, the preaching of the gospel. And when you preach the gospel and your motive is pure and holy and righteous and sanctified, and when your motive is is pure. And as you preach that word, that word is going to cut deep. Why? Because it's sharper than any two edged sword. As you preach the gospel, see, it's not just me. How many of you are ALM? Well, that means all of you have been designated and called with a holy calling to preach the gospel. 
It's not just Pastor Thad Thomas. I, I don't work where you work. You work where you work. You're there to preach the gospel. And your preaching of the gospel has a motive. What is that motive? To get people saved, healed, restored. In other words, when you speak to somebody and you find out that they're sick, when you lay hands on them, the motive of you laying your hands on them and you speaking the word is that they're going to get healed. That God is going to instantly, tainlessly touch them right then and there. Just like those disciples, when they laid hands on the sick, they were healed. Guess what? They're going to be healed when you lay hands on them. What do you mean? God changed? It's a different season, different time. God doesn't work like he worked only in the disciples. Because it was fresh and Jesus just died on the cross. So it's fresh. No, 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 no. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Even though it's been... Thousands of years since Jesus died on the cross. Guess what? The preaching of the cross still works today. Why? Because it's powerful. It has a motive. And that motive is to save people. Get them healed, restored, and transformed. Kingdom status. Proverbs chapter 16. Verse 1 through 3. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. What a powerful wisdom. What powerful wisdom here when he says the preparation of heart and man and answers of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirit. In other words, the Lord looks at the heart. In other words, yes, we may think it's clear and it's and it's it's it's, you know, in our own eyes. But God's looking at it a different way. He's looking at the motive of what you're saying. And it's very important to understand that. Why? Because when we get to Matthew chapter seven, you will have an understanding of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven about preachers, about those that say, Lord, Lord, you'll have an understanding when you get and grasp a hold of what what Solomon is saying here in Proverbs 16, the preparation of the heart of man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, in his own eyes. But the Lord way the spirit commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Many times we mean right. But Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says mankind's heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. This is why we have to be wise with our own words. You need to understand why God put these in this in here. And it's not to put you down, not to rule your life, not to, you know, to make your heart, make life hard. It's like, oh my God, life is already hard. He wants me to be holy. He wants me to be righteous. He wants me to be sanctified. Now I got to watch my words. Yes. Why? Because words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you're going to eat the fruit of it, whether you like it or not. So if you speak life, guess what? Your life is going to be great. Why? It's going to taste great. Why? Because you spoke life. 
Life creates good things. But if you speak death, guess what? The fruit of it's going to be what? Rotten. Who's ever taken a bite out of a rotten piece of fruit? Not knowing it. Like, you know, you bite it like an apple and all of a sudden you bite it and it's like got that brown bush. You didn't see it. And you're like, ugh. Or you took a piece of bread not realizing it, it was mold or what. You didn't see it. You were so hungry, man, you just grabbed a piece of bread next to it. It was a little green. Yeah, you may got it. ain't going to kill you. It's penicillin. You're going to be okay unless you're allergic to penicillin. <laughs> I mean, but you need to understand these things. Why? Words are powerful. Words have a motive behind it. And God wants all of us, Abundant Living Ministries, here tonight and those that are watching, man, to speak life. There is enough words out there that are killing people every day. Some of you may have heard it today. I pray that you weren't some of the people that were speaking that. Because once you speak it, you can't take it back. Even though you may feel justified, be like Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He would not curse them. Even though he was justified, to curse them. He refused to curse them. He said, Father, forgive them. Those words will forever be remembered. Why? God had to listen. God, those words that spoke out it. why? Because he decreed it. What he decreed shall be established and the light of God will shine upon it. But if Jesus would have never said, Father, forgive them, We'd be in trouble right now. Those people. Because I truly believe there was people that knew what they were doing. And then you had the ignorant. You had the ignorant people. That people that were just, they, they, they're not well educated. They're not, they got caught up in it. They had no clue. It's like today. A lot of times you see people, you see people doing things that they have no clue what they're doing. They just got caught up in it. But they pay in the price. Why? Because of ignorance. Ignorance is not bliss, people. You pay dearly. And we cannot afford to be ignorant when it comes to our words. We have to understand what God is saying. Why? Because it can come back and bite you somewhere down the line. It may not affect you today, but I guarantee you the word that was, came out of your mouth is not, did not line up with the word of God will come back and bite you. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Keep thy heart with all diligence. In other words, watch your heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you have that type of word, if you have the world's words inside your heart, you're going to speak it forth. You're not going to be able to obtain it. You're not going to be able to stop it. Why? Because the world is in your heart. And if the world is in your heart, it's going to come out of your vocabulary. You're not going to, I don't care how hard you try to suppress it. You cannot suppress the world if it's in your heart. Just like you cannot suppress righteousness if it's in your heart. It's going to come out. But why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. 
And, and people's like, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. Your words are judging you. Why? Because words produce fruit. And people's like, oh, don't judge me. I was like, listen to me. I don't have to judge you. You judge yourself by your words because it produces fruit and your fruit smells. Keep your heart with diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You want a healthy life? Watch your mouth. You want a long life? Watch your mouth. Right there, issues of life. You want a health. In other words, you don't want to be sick? Watch your mouth. Because what do you wake up in the morning? How many of God forbid, don't raise your hand if you woke up this morning and say, man, my back is killing me. What did you just say? Oh, I'm being facetious. It has nothing to do with it. Words are powerful. Oh, man. Be careful what you say. Change your vocabulary. I, I mean, I look at when I begin to study this and begin to read this and study this. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord, you are so right. When, when I read over there in James about the tongue, man, that tongue, man, that tongue is evil. That tongue, man, that, because he says it. And I think it's James chapter three. It says, hey, you can't tame this thing. This thing's evil. So what do I do? I make my tongue read the word. And I said, okay, I'm going to turn it around. You ain't going to speak evil. You're going to speak the word. Because what am I doing? If I change my heart, my tongue will speak what my heart is, what's in my heart. I replace the world with the word. Who's the word? Jesus. When you get born again, what are you doing? You're taking the word, the world out of you and you're putting Jesus into you. And what are you doing? You're feeding as you when you read the word every day, you read it, study it, pray it, speak it, sow it. What are you doing? You're feeding it. You're feeding, if you will, Jesus. And if you're feeding Jesus, guess what? Jesus is going to come out of your mouth. But if you feed it with the world. You're going to see what the issues of life are going to bring you. Listen, that's, that's spiritually, that's physically, that's financially. If you walk around and say, you broke, you broke, you broke, guess what? You broke. You ain't never going to die. I ain't never, when am I ever going to get a raise? Change your words. Change your attitude. Say, like, I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a raise. Oh, but it's pandemic. So what? Daddy, daddy, you don't live by that. You live according to the word of God. Why is it only Isaac can get blessed in a famine and you can't? You know why? Isaac sowed. He put his money where his mouth is. He sowed and he got blessed in a famine. It doesn't matter if it's pestilence. If it's a pandemic, if it's a famine, it doesn't matter if it's raining, flooding, a hurricane, God will bless you. Why? Because you're speaking it forth. It's like, Lord, I know, you know, come, what is it, June something, it's hurricane season. But God, I thank you, Lord, that my house is going to be protected. I thank you, Lord, that Abundant Living Ministries with all that glass is going to be protected. 
in the 30 something years. A tree has never went through it and a tree will never go through it. You've protected that stained glass this long. <laughs> Trust me, this goes through my head. And I'm like, words are powerful. You can have what you say, you can have what you pray. God demands our motives to be pure and holy. God demands our, our motives to be pure and holy. As the church called by his name, we are to establish his purpose, plan, and expectation. Not ours. We are to establish his purpose, plan, and expectation, not ours. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 of the New Living Translation says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Our purpose here at Abundant Living Ministries is to please God. And not people. Now, there will come a time where you will be challenged by people. For They will challenge you to say, hey, why don't you preach something else? Why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? I can remember when Bishop was about to build this church. There was a he, he's made he's made comments on this. I don't know how many times, but I remember as a kid, he he was he was in the process of building this church. But there was people that came up to him and said, hey, if you go up north. North Florida, we'll build you a church. We'll take care of everything. Just don't build it down here. Go build it up there. Well, it was not God's purpose, plan, and expectation. It, listen to me. For somebody who's new, a young, ooh, just fresh out of Bible college, somebody's going to buy me a building. Somebody's going to pay for it all. They own you. Because nothing... The, and everything that man has, there's a string, string attached to it. But the words sound great. But that's not what God said. See, there's a motive behind everything. And we have to understand something. Our purpose plan, our purpose plan and expectation is to please God, not people. God sent Bishop and Pastor Diane here to Pembroke Pines. Yes. Did we make a lot of people mad? Yes. And guess who the people were mad the most? Preachers. They were mad at all. They were mad. Because they were connected. We made a lot of people upset. But guess what? It was God that called us here. And we obeyed God. God told him, this is what I want. This is what I want. And Bishop was going to build some little small rinky-dink metal building that could fit, you know, a couple hundred people. And God says, you can build that. I'll bless it. Or you can build what I want you to build. Well, as you see, God won. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because it was under the word of God. What did Bishop do? God, he began to speak it forth because he had no, he had two, he didn't have two nickels to rub together. He didn't have two nickels to buy this property. He had, he didn't have two nickels to build by the cement, by the wood, by the, the, um, the, the rip all the, all the grass apart, dig the mulch, put the fill in. He didn't have two nickels to put together, but God did. What did he do? He started walking. 
this, this property. He began to walk it. And he said, okay, Lord, if this is the property, in the name of Jesus, bring forth the money. Bring forth the money. What was he doing? He was speaking forth. He was, he was walking the property. He says, this is what this is going to be. This is what. And then all of a sudden, he got the people to come together. And, and then, all, then the money started coming in. Then we started building. Then all of a sudden, the contractors and this and certain people in there, they, they said, well, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. What are they doing? They were using words that didn't line up with what God told them to do. And he says, no, we're going to do what God told me to do. And I said, I'm going to stay true to the word of God. Why? Because God motive is to get people saved. And we're going to need a big enough place to get people saved. And a lot of them got set and a lot of them walked off and left. Bye. Because when you understand words have motives and God has given you a word and you are speaking it forth, you understand what you're speaking is going to come forth. Words are powerful. And if you're not careful, people, places and things will speak words into you. And if you're not wise enough in the word and you lean not on your understanding, but you put your trust in God and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you will be able to say no to those people. Yes, you'll make a lot of people mad. But guess what? As long as you make God happy, you're going to be taken care of. Matthew chapter 7. Now we get to what Jesus is talking about. And I'm going to read it out of the message translation. It's going to be a little bit different than all y'all's. But I like, this, I like how the message brings this out. Translation brings it out. In Matthew chapter 7, it's going to be 15 through 29. It says, starting in verse 15, it says, uh, the message translation says, Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot. Dripped with practice sincerity. Ooh, man. Just turn on the TV. I wonder what you can see. Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are, they, are, they are out to rip you off some way or other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preaches, who, who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions, or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. That's why I like about the Message Bible, man. It's straightforward. It's like, wow. It's like these bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. Verse 21, knowing the correct password saying, Master, Master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. In other words, the, the, the King James would say, Lord, Lord, is it going to get you anywhere with me? What is required is seriously, serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preach the message. We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You miss the boat. All you did was use me to make yourself important. Wow. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. These words I speak to you are not 
accidental additions to your life, home, homeowners improvements to your standard of living. They are f- foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in the Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who builds his house on sandy beach. When a storm rolled in, the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his dress, the crowd burst in applause. They had never heard teachings like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite the contrast to the religion teachers. This is what this was the best teaching they had ever heard. Why? Because the motives, because of his motive. Next time you watch whatever you watch, listen to the words. What is the preacher's motive? What is the preacher's motive? There's going to be, like he said, there's going to be millions of preachers out there and say, Lord, look, Lord, Lord, look at what we did. Master, master, look at what we did. Look at all these projects. Look at how many people we fed. But what was your motive? See, what is your motive? When you do what you do for the kingdom of God, what is your motive? Is it all about giving God the glory? See, everything I do, I don't want no glory whatsoever. I don't want glory. I want God to get every bit of it. I wouldn't have this if it wasn't him. I want him to get all the glory. My motive is to get people saved. And I say that to God every day. Lord, if my motive is not right, Lord, right now, check my heart. God created me a clean heart, Lord. I want my when I walk up on this stage, I want my heart to be right with God. Why? Because when I stand before God, I don't want to hear depart from me. You, 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 you worker of iniquity. I don't want to hear that. You didn't do what the will of the father. I want to do the will of the father every day of my life. But I have to check my motive because if my motives ain't right, my words won't be right. Hey, anybody can say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But what's the motive behind it? Is it to give you accolade or give God all the accolades? I want God to get all of it. I want God to get all the credit. And that is as a as a born again believer, as the church, everything we do, we want God. It ain't me. In other words, when I walk up to somebody, hey, look at, look at, hey, come, 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 hey, look at Pastor Dad, because I remember praying for one, a, a person for the day. Hey, look at, look at pa- Pastor Dad prayed for me and he healed me. And I said, no, 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 God healed you. I didn't heal you. I just laid my hands on you. I allowed God to use me as a point of contact, but God healed you. I want them to know this is what God did for you, not me. I'm just a point of contact. God so loved you, he brought me by, to, he crossed paths with you. I just crossed paths with you, and that was God's doing. And because he loves you. I can't save you, I can't heal you, I can't do, no, only God can do that. And that is what we need to do. Every day of our life, when it comes to our words, 
make sure every word that comes out of our mouth has a righteous, mo- has a righteous motive. Because if it doesn't, it's not glorifying God, it's glorifying you. And listen to me, we can't do nothing. Only God can. We're just a point of contact. And I'm telling you, let God use you. Be, say, Lord, use me today to be a point of contact to somebody. Let my words speak life into them. Let my words open their eyes and let them see you. But one of the greatest things I ever asked God is that, God, when I lay hands on somebody, God, I want them to see you. I know what I want when their eye, if they open their eyes, God, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus putting his hands on them and the power of them coming on them. I don't want them to see me because I'm, I'm just a point of contact. I want them to see Jesus because that's who saved them. That's who truly heals. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. A quickie tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everybody lift your hands. Say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me find that scripture. Keep your hands up. Make sure I say it right. I don't want to say it wrong. Hallelujah. Let me get it. Thank you, Jesus. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the sight. O Lord, my strength my Redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my Redeemer. Hallelujah. What a powerful statement David made. Let my words and my heart be unified. Let your words and your heart be unified. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you heard your church tonight. You heard them quote your word. And I thank you, Father, right now, Lord, as they said, let the words of their mouth and the meditation of heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, thy strength and my... I thank you, Father, right now, Lord, that you will show them Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will show them how to use their words correctly. That their words from this day forward will bring forth life. We're a church that walks in the love of God. Because we know your love covers a multitude of sin. And I thank you, Lord, there is people out there that are under the influence of sin. And God, we have the right words to speak forth, to defeat that sin that's upon those people's life. You've given us the words. As Jesus promised his disciples, the Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth. I thank you. The Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth to bring forth life, 
to those that are under the influence of sin, those that are under the influence of sickness and disease, affliction, those that are under the influence of depression, mental illness, under the influence of drugs and alcohol, no matter what the addiction may be, no matter what the pain may be, no matter what the situation or circumstance, it can be mounds and mounds of debt. God put the words in this church's mouth to speak deliverance because you have sent your word and that word has saved and delivered us from all destruction. And I thank you, Lord, the words that are in our mouth, it's going to save them. It's going to deliver them from all destruction. Use this church. Say it. Use me, God. Use me. Use me tonight. Use me tomorrow. Use me this week. To get somebody saved, healed, restored, and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.